Building a business is hard. Maintaining healthy relationships with those that you care about is hard. Staying fit and healthy in your body, your mind, and your emotions is hard. This podcast is about finding and sharing tools, strategies, and experiences that may help you to achieve and maintain moderate success in your life, whatever that means to you. There is a ton of content created by the billionaires, the ultra-successful athletes, and by people that are at a level that the vast majority of us will just never get to. And if you're anything like me, I'm totally okay with that. This is a place where we talk about how to build a great business, but not necessarily a massive one. A place to talk about how we build a life that is balanced and integrated, but not necessarily optimized to levels that are not realistic for most of us. In short, it's a place where we explore how to be moderately successful. The work will always remain yours, and for the most part, it's simple, but not easy. I want to challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. I want to challenge you to take whatever resonates with you from this episode and to teach it to somebody that you think will benefit from it, and to do so in the next 24 hours. This will embed the learnings for yourself, and you'll be helping someone else as well as the podcast. Lastly, please share this with whoever you think needs to have this in their lives. The more reach we can get, the more impact we can have. With that said, let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. So today, I want to talk about the core of a business. What do I mean by the core? To me, the core is made up of the things that underpin everything in a business, the decisions, the behaviors, the direction, the focus, everything. So there are different names for these. I think the most common names are probably the vision, the mission, the goals, and the values. But let's break those down a little bit. So I like to use some some specific terminology. And I think the reason why I'm recording this is because in my observation, most leaders that I come into contact with don't give this enough weight, attention, and even time. And yet the ones that I come into contact with that prioritize these kind of above everything else are the ones that are building incredible businesses and incredible work environments and cultures. Without this work, in my experience, people are left without direction. They are pulling in different directions. It's unclear how what they are doing is affecting the business, the purpose, the bigger stuff. And and people generally need, as Daniel Pink speaks about three things, we need autonomy, mastery, and purpose to be inherently motivated. So if we start off at the top, we look at the the long range. So people call this the BHAG. People call this many different things. To me, I, I like the term North Star. It's kind of the thing that we're always aiming for. The chances are we'll never actually hit it, and that's totally fine. It would require a significant step change of our business, our scale, the market, many, many different things. The point here is it's a very long range hugely audacious goal. So something that is not like a linear progression. So if your business sells widgets and your business sells a thousand widgets a year, this would not be sell 2000 widgets a year. This would be like sell 10 million widgets a year by the year 2050. You know, it's very long range. It's very audacious. So that's the North Star. It's kind of like the big impact you're going to have on the world. Right. That's important because everything that we should do should align around that. Different people have different opinions. In my opinion, I think that that can change as things evolve. It shouldn't change often. 
But things evolve and things change. Other people will say it should never change. That should always be consistent and how how you get there and what you do to get there can change. I, I don't agree with that. I, I believe that pretty much everything can and should change, just not often. Then we take it a step down and we get to what some people might call your mission. I like to call this step the essential intent. Greg McEwen coined this term, fantastic book called Essentialism, which I've read numerous times. It's a great read. And the essential intent, the way that I use it, brings it down into a shorter time frame. That's the way I use it. You don't have to use it like that. It brings it down into a shorter time frame, let's say two to three years. It is very concrete. It is very inspirational and aspirational, but it's measurable quite specifically. So the essential intent is broken up into what we are going to do, who we are going to serve, how we will measure and know that we get there, and by what date. So it'll sort of take the form of, we will have done this thing, serving those customers as measured by this metric, by that date. This just brings your sort of North Star down into what I believe should be achievable. So again, these are tools, they need to serve you. We shouldn't get too hung up on getting the tool done for the sake of the tool. These things really need to provide practical value. So for me, just to recap, we've got the North Star, which is this very long-term, very aspirational, we'll probably never get there and that's okay, type outlook. We bring that down a notch into what I like to call the essential intent. To me, that is something that we are actually striving to achieve. It is more concrete. It is very measurable. It is time-bound and it is inspirational as well. Now we've got the sort of where we're heading longer term stuff, but that's just where we get started. Now we've sort of aligned around a mission and a vision, right? We've aligned around, okay, this is where we're going as a company, as a group of people, as an organization. We're not done though. At this point, we need to bring it down to where the rubber begins to hit the road. The next step that I believe is a very crucial step is to now bring it down into, okay, what does the next 12 months look like? What do we need to have achieved in the next 12 months to give us evidence, objective evidence, that we are on the way toward our essential intent and therefore heading in the direction of our North Star? I like to use OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. It's a goal-setting framework invented by Andy Grove from Intel and made famous by Google. Probably heard of it. If you haven't Googled it, you will find an endless amount of reading on OKRs. But essentially, it's very simple. Difficult, but simple. OKR stands for Objectives and Key Results. I won't go into a masterclass on OKRs right now, but I'll just kind of give you a very quick run through. You set them in the following way. You say, what is the objective? So what is the thing we're trying to achieve? And that objective is not very specific. It's not like a smart goal, right? So the objective might be, if we're setting a 12-month objective, we might say, we want to get much better at this thing, whatever this thing is, customer service, sales, business development, positioning, market dominance, whatever it is, right? It's not very specific. It's aspirational. It should be very much around like the phrase is easy to understand. It is very clear about what we're trying to do, but it's not yet measurable. It's not specific. It's not even time-bound. That's the kind of headline. That's the objective. From there, we break it down into key results. So the way that I use key results is I then say, okay, what are the measurables? So we want to get better at whatever. Let's pick a thing. We want to have positioned business X better. 
there's a bunch of things that we can measure on that, right? And we need to do the work to figure out, okay, now we do get specific. So by the end of the 12 months, we need to have achieved this specific thing. And we're generally looking at sort of for every objective, we're looking at around three key results. That's what I find works very well for us. You're also not looking for much more than about three OKRs in total, three goals for the year in total at an organizational level. What we're doing here is we're saying, okay, North Star, far out, probably never achieve that. Bring it down to the essential intent, closer, two to three years, concrete, very specific, measurable, time bound. Then what we're talking about here is the 12 month OKRs. So what are the things very specifically that we need to achieve in the next 12 months? I like to do these at a company wide level. And then once we've got them at a company wide level, we then break them down into department levels. And each one of these key results is owned by an individual, not a department. So the objective is company wide or department wide. The key result is owned by one individual that takes full accountability for that key result. I'm not going to spend too much more time on OKRs because it's a whole world in and of itself. You can use whatever goal setting framework you want. But the important thing here is that we've got these very, very clear handful of annual goals that are shared and visible and very clear and very easy to read with the whole organization. All right. So that's the beginning of bringing this down into kind of rubber hits the road. But then the next step we take, which is another crucial step, we don't stop at annual because if we just do annual goals, generally what will happen is we'll only look at them once a year and that's kind of useless. We need to bring these 12-month goals, these OKR, these rocks, whatever you want to call your goal-setting framework. We need to bring these 12-month goals and focuses down into 90-day OKRs or goals or rocks. The reason for this is that generally people can work in about a three-month framework most optimally. Very few people can actually effectively work in a longer time frame. And a shorter time frame just isn't enough time to actually move the needle enough. So we work in 90-day worlds, right? Quarterly worlds. So we take those annual objectives that we've said, those annual goals, and then we say, what do we need to have achieved in the next 90 days in order to be making significant progress towards the annual goals, which again, remember, are in service of the essential intent, which again is in service of the North Star, the long-term vision or the BHAG, whatever terminology you want to use. So you can see quite clearly, we've got this cascading effect. Where are we going? What's the North Star? Okay. What's the next level down? The essential intent, more concrete, time-bound, measurable. Okay. What's the rubber that's actually got to hit the road? Okay. In the next 12 months, we've got to achieve these specific goals. I like OKRs, use whatever framework you want. The next step, bring that down into 90-day objectives, 90-day, very clear, very tight goals, objectives. Same process used to set them as you use for the annual and you bring them down. Needs to be accountable by individuals. We don't stop there though. We need to carry on because again, if we're only doing them every 90 days and that's the only time we're looking at them, it's not going to be very useful. So these then need to be fed into the weekly meeting agenda. Most people hate meetings. I used to hate meetings. So I became quite obsessed with figuring out how to use meetings as something that is a bit of a superpower for a business. And I actually did a whole episode on this previously. But our weekly meetings need to be focused around momentum and actionables for our 90-day OKRs or goals. 
So every single week we're sitting with the team and we're talking about all the leading indicators that feed into a big conversation set with the intention that the meeting is generating very tight, very focused to-dos for the next seven days until the next meeting that move our OKRs along for the quarter. So let's just have a look at this again from the top. We've got our North Star, long-term, probably will never get there, but what we're rallying around. We've got our essential intent, bringing it back down to two to three years, measurable, very focused, time-bound. Then we've got our annual goals, OKRs, rocks, whatever you want to call them. 12 months, very clear, very tight. People are assigned to owner them. Then we've got our 90-day or quarterly goals. Then we've got our weekly meeting to keep the momentum going for the goals. And then the last step in the process that I found very useful is to have a daily huddle. The daily huddle is a very quick check-in with a very simple agenda, but it's basically to just make sure that everybody is constantly on track every single day. It's very quick. It's just to get a pulse on what's happening and you can course correct very, very quickly and very inexpensively from a time perspective. If you have this huddle, that's just it's just the pulse of the business. All of the stuff is really, really simple. There's really nothing complicated about what I've shared today, but it's incredibly difficult. And it's difficult usually in my experience because there are too many competing priorities. There are too many things that we want to get done. But the truth is we just won't get them all done. And the value is in getting the important minds and personalities and people around the table for your business or your function or however it is that you work to actually take the time to align on what you're actually trying to achieve and to align on what you're going to say no to and to align on what you're going to say yes to. This is not complicated stuff, but it's very difficult. And one thing is for sure, if you don't do this, you will not have alignment in your team. You will not have alignment in your business you will not be nearly as efficient and effective as you could be. And something that we learned at Nona, which I used to say quite a lot, is that when you have a great business model, your execution doesn't need to be that good because your business model kind of gives you a lot of, I don't know, freedom to execute poorly because the business model is so great. Nona's business model, while it was a great business, the business model was poor. We sold time. It's all time for money. Naval Ravikant would call that the worst form of leverage, right? So great business, great environment, great culture. We were profitable, but good margins. But the business model was poor. It didn't scale. You had to add more people to get any kind of growth. You were selling time. There was no annual recurring revenue. It was a bad business model. But what that forced us to do is that when you have a bad business model, you're forced to be very, very good at execution, because you just kind of have to be. If you're not fantastic at execution when you have a poor business model, you just have a poor business, right? So if we think about this as like on a scale of one to 10 business model and a scale of one to 10 execution, let's say Nona was like, I don't know, two or a three business model. That made us have to be like eight or nine execution. And it took us a hell of a long time to get there, but we got there. And by the time we were acquired, our execution was really, really strong. And it all came from this. It came from spending the time, and I mean hours and hours and hours and hours, debating, talking about where are we going? What is our long-term vision? What is our essential intent? What are our OKRs this year? What are our OKRs this quarter? Every week, how are we doing against them? Having that discussion, being extremely disciplined around how we run our agendas. 
holding each other accountable through our seven-day to-dos. It actually gets quite sort of old. It gets a bit stale. It gets a bit sort of, you know, geez, Mike, are you really making us do this again this week? You know, that sort of stuff. So it's not always super exciting. But what happens is suddenly you just begin to cut out a whole lot of noise. You begin to find focus. You begin to be clear on, ah, okay, this is the thing I should be doing today and I should be doing it in service of that thing. You begin to be able to have conversations with your entire team, your broader team on, do you understand how what you're doing today is in service of the greater business? It's like very clear. The stuff becomes really, really simple, really, really easy to understand, really easy to see how what one is doing today is in service of the greater purpose of the business. And that gives your team and your people the ability to make the decision of whether they want to be a part of this or not. And it's fine if they don't. The point is, it's clear so that those that do want to be a part of it really want to be a part of it because they can actually say what they are a part of. And something we realized quite early is that, you know, at Nona, that people, people don't work for a business. That They don't do great work for a business. They don't sort of show up and go the extra mile and, and, and have this extreme commitment to excellence for a business. They do it for themselves. So our obligation as leaders is to create that environment that helps people and provides people a platform for them to realize their own mastery for the sake of them realizing their mastery. But if we do it right, the business gets the benefit from it. In my experience, it's a bit naive to think that people want to work really, really well for a business. There are certain businesses that are incredibly purpose-driven, but for most of us, you know, those of us that are moderately successful, not the Elon Musks of the world, for most of us, they're going to be more driven to work for their own sense of purpose, their own sense of mastery, their own sense of autonomy. And our job is to provide and create the platforms on which people can do that. That's how we attract and retain the best people. At least that's how we did it at Nona. So, like I said in the beginning, this stuff is not complicated. It's actually very simple, but it's very difficult. And it's difficult because it requires a hell of a lot of discipline, a hell of a lot of repetition, a hell of a lot of revisiting and refinement and constantly challenging opinions. And it can get quite difficult because, you know, we used to spend three days at a time on our offsites and sometimes we would come out of there and be like, yeah, we've nailed it. And then two or three days later, someone would say, you know what? Actually, I don't think that was right. And, and, and we have to go back and we've got to revisit it. And it can be painful and annoying, but it's, it drives better decision making. So all of this is to say, if you're a leader of a business, a small business, I, I don't really know how it works in corporate or, or large businesses. It's not where I'm, it's not where I'm, I'm, I'm hugely experienced. But if you're a small business leader and you're, listening to this and you can't answer the question clearly and with excitement and that your team can't answer the question of where are we going long-term? Where are we going in the next two to three years? What do we have to look like in the next year to know we're on the right track? How have we broken that down into the next 90 days and how are we measuring that specifically week to week? What does our weekly leadership meeting agenda look like? Is it incredibly clear? Is it run to the minute? Do we generate focused to-dos seven days on a seven-day cycle, week in, week out? Do we have a daily huddle that keeps us connected and aligned and constantly rowing in the same direction? If you can't answer these questions really, really clearly, it's not that you're doing something wrong. You might have an amazing business, 
But what I would sort of say to you is that you're probably missing out on huge opportunity to accelerate and improve whatever it is that you're doing. So that's it for today. Hope that was useful. And feel free to reach out to me if you want to. Generally, it's easiest on LinkedIn. You can just find me on my name. And always happy to, to learn and advance these conversations. So if you've got something to add or something to challenge, by all means, that's what it's all about. And I'll see you back soon for the next episode of How to Be Moderately Successful. Cheers, everyone. If you want to talk about working with me as a business improvement coach, please reach out either on mike at smbmastery.com.au or you can find me on LinkedIn. Please do share this podcast with whoever you think will get value from it. And if you have five minutes, please do give us a rating and review. They really do help with making the podcast visible. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening and I'll be back soon with the next episode.